This episode is brought to you by the Arvada Center because they're kicking off their summer concert series in June. Relax under the stars at the Arvada Center's outdoor amphitheater and take in acts like Melissa Etheridge, Big Richard, Tower of Power, Preservation Hall Jazz Band, The Spin Doctors, and so much more. Concerts are scheduled for June through September. You can find a whole schedule of events and get your tickets today at arvadacenter.org. That's arvadacenter.org. Today on CityCast Denver. Home renovation shows are as popular as ever, but there's a new one on Netflix that is definitely off the beaten path. Our casting team wanted Chicago, to be honest with you, but I suggested Denver. I felt like it kind of had this combination of like, you know, middle America feel, but also, you know, the people here are adventurous, a little bit more progressive. And I, I just had a feeling they had a kinky side. Scott Feely is executive producer of How to Build a Sex Room, the docu-series that takes you inside the sex lives of Denverites. The series has been available on Netflix since July, and it's been such a success that Denver Film invited them to screen the show at the Film Fest. Oh, and because Denver Film Fest signed up to advertise on the show this week after we started working on this episode, we thought it was best for my producer, Aaron O'Toole, to conduct today's interview with Scott Feely and executive producer, Karina Robbins. And just a note that you might have already guessed, this interview touches on some explicit topics. Today is Tuesday, November 8th, 2022. I'm Bree Davies, and this is CityCast Denver. Karina and Scott, welcome to CityCast Denver. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having us. I want to get this out of the way right off the bat. The show is called How to Build a Sex Room. That is a very provocative <coughs> title when people think of sex room. Maybe a lot of different ideas come to mind. So what is a sex room exactly? What is a sex room? Well, it I mean, it can be anything that uh, you want it to be. And I think that's kind of the point of the show. Uh, I think people will come to the show having an expectation of what a sex room is. That it's kind of seedy. It's kind of dirty. It's kind of dark, uh, creepy, kinky. And we were out to show that it's it's a lot more than that. And I think if you watch the show, you'll see a lot of, of couples who basically are using this as just an intimate space to, to make closer connections, um, to satisfy a need in their relationship. And I think that's one of the biggest surprising elements of the show. And it was surprising for me when we were putting it together is just how emotional uh, these clients were when they, when their sex rooms were revealed to them and how much it meant to them. Yeah, because I think it means something more than just bedroom activity. I mean, it is a chance to rekindle this connection. Does that is that kind of your experience with it, Karina? Yeah, I would say I think, you know, as we were casting the show and then as we were shooting the show, we were really looking for clients who had stories behind what they wanted out of their rooms. And we really found people who were sort of approaching this process and this desire kind of coming from different places with it, uh, both in terms of where they were in their relationships or where they were in their sex lives. And it was fascinating to do that deep dive and understand really kind of how diverse people's perspectives were and also how open they were willing to be with us. Hmm, yeah. 
Now, for people who haven't seen the show, the host, Melanie Rose, is quite a character. Can you explain who Melanie Rose is and what she does? No. You have to see the show to really appreciate <laughs> Melanie Rose. Um, That's fair. It's the Mary Poppins of sex rooms. <laughs> that's right. We call her the Mary Poppins of sex rooms. And I guess if you're going to put it in one sentence, that's probably the best sentence to explain her. Oh, wow. This is beautiful. Oh, thank you. Welcome. So I understand you want a sex room. I mean, this show will not would not work without her. She is a British woman, middle-aged, I guess, Karina. Yeah. A little, a little um, yeah, a little, little, little more than middle-aged. And I think what she does is she makes it feel wholesome. She makes it feel acceptable. And she is really the lens through which all of this feels right and appropriate. She doesn't take it too seriously. She's cheeky, very British attitude. And really, it was amazing to see the clients open up to her, like instantly. She she has this ability to instantly connect with people, make them comfortable, and really, within minutes, get to get them to talk about the most intimate uh, levels of their of their sex life, of their relationships. Um, and she was really key to the sh- to the entire concept of the show. Yeah, she really has this great combination of warmth and also this very matter of fact, like we're going to talk about sex now. And then she has, I guess, for lack of a better term, a a bag of tricks. (laughs) Describe how that goes. I would say that one of Melanie's reasons for being in life, one of her animating forces is that she really loves shocking people. (laughs) Yes. So, So we use that to our benefit also. She really loves seeing how people will react to things. And that was kind of part of the reason why she would bring this bag of tricks so that she could pull out different sex toys and see and sort of do a test with people. Like, how comfortable are you with this? How about this? Is this pushing your boundary? Is this pushing the level of what you're comfortable with? And so it was really sort of a shorthand tool to just see physically how people would respond. Yeah, I, w- I would say that, you know, we're used to doing a lot of home reno shows and usually the talent is pulling out tiles or carpet swatches or stuff like that. It's a lot different when she's pulling out dildos and butt plugs and strap-ons. <laughs> Definitely very different from wallpaper samples. That's right. <laughs> That's right. So... The show is filmed in Colorado, and the city of Denver kind of features as an unofficial character in the show. I know I've had a lot of fun trying to spot familiar landmarks and neighborhoods. How did it come about that you filmed in Denver? I I know that your company, High Noon Entertainment, is based in Aurora, but you don't necessarily film a lot here. So why Denver? Yeah, we don't do, we don't shoot a lot of shows here. You know, we are headquartered here, and we do all of our post production and our, our, all our editing here. But most of our shows are shot elsewhere, uh, and that was the plan for this one. Actually, you know, uh, Melanie is is located in Los Angeles. That's where she calls home, and that was the plan. It was originally to do it in Los Angeles, but once we started casting there, we came up against a couple obstacles. One is not a whole, there's not a lot of home ownership in Los Angeles. People in Los Angeles tend not to own their homes, which is which is a problem for us. 
Yeah. Second, when they do, <laughs> when they do, they don't tend to have extra space, you know? And so we were finding a lot of people there that just kind of wanted a, a, a bedroom makeover, which just wasn't enough for us. And then mm. thirdly, we felt like we wanted to get like the type of people that kind of more middle America, more like folks next door type of feel to it. And so we had decided to look elsewhere. Um, and our casting team wanted Chicago, to be honest with you. And I think that's because they wanted like a big city. They wanted to live, see a big city that had a lot of options, a lot of diversity. But I suggested Denver, one, just because I wanted to shoot here. But two, I just, I felt like it kind of had this combination of like, you know, middle America feel, but also, you know, the people here are adventurous, a little bit more progressive. And I, I just had a feeling they had a kinky side. So we started, <laughs> we started casting in both cities just sure. to see, you know, uh, which city might be best. And within a week, our casting team came back and said, Denver is by far leading the charge here. So, wow. So we beat out Chicago. So Denver well, wins as the as as the kinky center of of of, of the country. We, we don't have to ask how <laughs> Scott knew that would be the case. <laughs> All right, but, but I mean, I have to ask. So, <laughs> like, do you have a sense of why that is? I mean, I do think that you're onto something here with that. Denverites tend to be a little more progressive and adventurous in terms of outdoor activities. I guess that applies to indoor. <laughs> That's kind of what we were saying. Like we're adventurous outdoor people. Maybe indoor we are as well. I think that's true. And I do think as we dug further into it, it does seem like there is quite a lively kink scene in on the front range. And um, we were able to tap into that, not just with the clients, but also some of the experts that we found along the way, some of the coaches or other folks that kind of became tertiary characters in our storytelling. And I don't know how accessible those sorts of folks would have been in other places. I think as we start started to dig in, we realized that there is kind of a rich vein of um, adventurous people here. Yeah. And as executive producer on the show, one of the executive producers, I mean, was that part of your job to do this yourself <laughs> or send your people out to find kink coaches yes how how was that process yeah absolutely we had producers who were reaching out to pro doms people who were reaching out to shibari practitioners people who were reaching out to relationship and sex coaches exotic dancers you know every person that you see who features in the show that his or her participation in the show came as a result of, you know, really digging deep into the resources that were available in the Denver community. And they're not insignificant. Yeah. And I, I wanted to ask you about the approach that you take, because it seems, you know, one of the objectives is to take these discussions out of the shadows and spark a, a healthy and positive dialogue about sexuality, but also kink and BDSM and to have these conversations that maybe people don't have right now, but it could have veered off into dark territory or sort of creepy territory for some viewers. I mean, how did you kind of approach it like for the average Netflix viewer, I guess? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think at every step of the process, we were very conscious of, you know, not crossing the line into creepy and weird and dark. Um, I think the tone of the show is hugely important. And so you know, Melanie brings that clearly, but also in the casting, you know, we were looking for a diverse cast of people that had 
you know, diverse, diverse kinks, but also relatable in some way. Yeah. It doesn't hurt that her contractor, Mike, is such a hoot and he's such a good sport. <laughs> he plays his role perfectly. Let's put it that way. I mean, he's he's a little bit like a stand in for the audience. You know, he does allow that little like, what? What is going on here? Yeah. And and their chemistry is perfect. And so we considered a, a few different uh, contractors for the, for the show, but we just felt like he and Melanie, personality wise, also visually, they just they just make a really interesting pair. Yeah, I love that. And how has the reception been to a show about sex rooms? I'm very curious to know what you're hearing other than, of course, how gorgeous Denver looks on the screen, <laughs> which is undeniable. I mean, the, the, the reaction has been just shockingly, overwhelmingly positive. Um, I think more than any other show that, that we've ever done, the, 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 the reaction has been positive. It's you look on social media and social media, I mean, I think, you know, it's built for the trolls. It's built for the haters. It's built for, you know, negative commentary. And True. it has just been overwhelmingly positive. I think we really struck a chord, it feels like, or Melanie is stri striking a chord on, you know, we hear a lot of like, finally a sex positive show that I can watch. Now I'm curious if this is the thing that will get the real estate market moving again. <laughs> now I kind of want to look up on Zillow and just see, hmm, we've got four bedrooms, an office, and a sex room. <laughs> Sometimes these things do turn up on Zillow. <laughs> if you ever see Zillow Gone Wild. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, Scott and Karina, thank you so much for talking with me today. Thank you for inviting Thanks us. so much for having us. The Denver Film Fest screening of How to Build a Sex Room has unfortunately passed, but you can still watch the whole first season on Netflix at home, right from the comfort of your sex room or your living room couch. You can, you can watch it wherever. We don't judge. And here's what else Denverites are talking about. It's election day, if you haven't already. Go vote! You can vote in person or drop off your ballot at one of the many ballot boxes and polling places around the city. And in other news, local Catholic schools have been given new direction by the Archdiocese of Denver for their treatment of LGBTQ students and parents. Specifically, the Archdiocese said, quote, enrollment or re-enrollment of such a student at a Catholic school would not be appropriate. The internal guiding document was obtained by the Denver Post, which also points out that the Archdiocese recommendations go against the American Academy of Pediatrics instruction to minimize harm to LGBTQ students, which means, you know, not being homophobic towards children. The document is revealing of a growing division between conservative Archbishop Samuel Aquila and many liberal-leaning parishioners in the Denver metro area. And finally, the Colorado Avalanche's longtime color commentator Peter McNabb passed away Sunday at the age of 70. He was the voice of the Avalanche ever since the team moved from Quebec City in 1995, calling three Stanley Cup championships while inviting in new fans to Denver's hockey community. And McNabb's Denver hockey roots ran deep. Prior to his NHL career, he was a star forward for the University of Denver Pioneers. He will be missed. That's all for today here on CityCast Denver. If you enjoyed the show, why not take a minute to tell the dominatrix in your life about us? Rate the show wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to our morning newsletter, Hey Denver, by texting Denver to 66866. 
We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. See you later. This entire episode, working on this episode, I've had this, there's this song in Revenge of the Nerds <laughs> called, Are You Ready for the Sex Girls? It's like the worst 80s song ever. And it has nothing to do with anything, but it's like anything we, when we talk about sex room, that comes up for me. Sad that that movie did not age well at all. <laughs>